Hi, this is Dr. Bill Renner. I'm board certified in internal medicine and radiology. I'm honored to moderate a series of podcasts focused on evidence-based medicine, including health and wellness with Dr. Alan Safdie. Dr. Safdie is a world-renowned investigator and gastroenterologist. He's been the principal investigator in about 300 peer-reviewed clinical research studies and been co-investigator in over 900 clinical research studies. This is the fourth in a series of podcasts on vitamins. Alan, today I wanted to talk about uh, vitamin C and vitamin K. Should we be taking supplements of vitamin C and does it stop the common cold? Uh, Good question, Bill. Um, So, you know, neither people that spend all their time on the sea or people that uh, live on the land are likely to get scurvy these days. So we found out about vitamin C from scurvy, but thanks to our regular intake of vitamin C in fruits and vegetables and fortified cereals, we don't see that disease anymore, although I have seen it occasionally. Um, Vitamin, even in the United States, vitamin C deficiency is the fifth leading nutrient deficiency, representing about 6% of our population. If we look at people that take the vitamin, we did a survey, um, and 34% of the respondents use vitamin C. Um, So a lot of people are taking vitamin C. And we've looked at investigations whether vitamin C can lower your risk of cancer, cardiovascular disease, macular degeneration, cataracts, or even the common cold. And, And all our results are really mixed. But, you know, I'll give you a very short answer. Can it prevent the common cold? A daily dose of about 200 milligrams or more of vitamin C taken preventively in some studies, not all studies, have been shown to slightly, not dramatically, shorten the duration of your cold by about 8%. Um, So you may have a few hours less of clinical cold, up to 12 hours less of clinical cold. Uh, That was 8% was in adults, 14% in children. Did it prevent the colds? No. There was no decrease in prevention. So let's talk, you know, a little bit more about vitamin C. You know, we can't produce vitamin C. Um, You know, a lot of vitamins we can produce. uh, So we can't produce it, although most of us get an adequate amount, which is about 90 milligrams for an adult um, male and uh, 75 milligrams for adult females. And, you know, millions of people are taking extra vitamin D, uh, C. So as I mentioned, it won't cure a cold. You know, we have meta-analysis, meaning we looked at lots of different studies, and it may reduce the average duration of cold. In kids, it may reduce it by up to 1.6 days. So maybe it makes a difference in that regard. Are, are there any downsides in that regard? Yeah, vitamin C has been associated with the increased likelihood of developing kidney stones. Um, you know, and that's in men who took 250 milligrams of vitamin C had a 22% increased risk of kidney stones. So if you had kidney stones, you know, there may be an increased risk. You know, do you need to be taking real high doses? Absolutely not. Um, It does have a lot of antioxidant capability. It's scavenge-free radicals. Um, So, you know, does it help heart disease? One of the other things people ask me all the time, you know, should I take it, you know, does it help regards to prevention of heart disease because it has it helps with oxidative stress um and you know there's some prospective studies of linked vitamin c intake with reduced heart disease however most of these failed to show significant evidence uh that it protects against cardiovascular disease it definitely doesn't protect against death from cardiovascular disease um 
So, you know, clinical trials have shown that vitamin C may help reduce blood pressure in hypertensive patients, and it maybe may help give a boost to the immune system. Um, so, from a cellular standpoint, it may help with that. Um, you know, downsides. Um, Vitamin C may potentially reduce the effectiveness of statin drugs. Um, so you should always tell your doctor if you're taking these. And in regards to cancer, um, you know, cancer patients often have a vitamin C deficiency. Um, you know, they have decreased oral intake. They don't take in as much because they're nauseated. They have more inflammation. They've had radiation and chemotherapy. Uh, so, um, you know, should we be taking extra or should we be eliminating it from the diet? We really don't know the answers to that so far. One of the fascinating studies, Bill, that, that just you know recently came out, and th this is a study from overseas um, that came out just a couple months ago, had shown that adults low in dietary vitamin C can improve their feeling of feeling good, their vitality, by eating two kiwi fruits a day for two weeks. Um, so just the ability to eat whole fruits with vitamin C they felt better. Um, now, when they gave them vitamin C by supplement, uh, looking at their questionnaires, they did not. Uh, there was really no placebo effect in these. Uh, so the vitality really looked real by having vitamin C by whole fruit. But people, so there's other phytochemicals in there. So if it was just a vitamin C, that we were getting from the kiwi fruit, the supplement should have worked equivalently. So there's other phytochemicals in the kiwi that were helping people. So kiwi has numerous additional vitamins and minerals that support health. And, you know, it has fiber, which help our gastrointestinal tract. And we've talked about the gut microbiome uh, in detail. So this gut microbiome, uh, these bacteria that live within us may help our mood. So maybe it's not the vitamin C, maybe it's the fiber in the kiwi. But Vitamin C supplements really didn't help in that regard. Now, what about vitamin K? Uh, vitamin K is really important. It plays a key role in helping, you know, the blood clot. Um, if you get a cut, preventing excessive bleeding. Uh, you know, vitamin K is not typically used as a dietary supplement. We make vitamin K ourselves. Uh, it's actually a group of compounds. Um, you know, there's K1 and K2. Um, you know, vitamin K1 is obtained from leafy greens and other vegetables. Uh, K2 is synthesized by the bacteria within our gastrointestinal tract. You can also get it from meats and cheeses and eggs. And if you're taking a supplement, you're predominantly taking K1, uh, which is the one we find in leafy greens and other vegetables. And that's the one that you get in the United States. And we've looked to see um, if K2, given as a supplement, can treat osteoporosis or steroid-induced bone loss, if you took prednisone or something like that, uh, there's not enough data at this point to recommend taking, you know, vitamin K2 for osteoporosis. Um, you know, people that are really deficient in this uh, will have uncontrolled bleeding, uh, although we very rarely see people deficient to that degree. Uh, and newborns are given vitamin K. Um, so, you know, they're very common in newborn infants. So a single injection of vitamin K for newborns is pretty standard nowadays. And if you take vitamin K and you're on a blood thinner called Coumadin or Warfarin, you could counteract the effect of that blood thinner. Um, so 
Vitamin K deficiencies are pretty uncommon. Um, people that have it may have Crohn's disease or celiac disease or broad spectrum antibiotics for some time or severely malnourished or significant alcohol intake. Uh, so, you know, vitamin K for cancer um, or morning sickness and those things are totally unproven. Uh, so we see a lot of people taking vitamin K both, you know, you should get it from your food or your own bacteria. Um, again, most people get enough vitamin K from their diets. And, you know, I don't think most people need supplements. You know, you just eat your vegetables with spinach, asparagus, broccoli, get legumes, soybeans, um, eggs, strawberries even have it. So there, there's a variety of ways to get it. Um, you know, if you're going to take supplements, Make sure you discuss that with your physician, especially if you're on a blood thinner like warfarin uh, for heart problems or clotting problems. So you know, make sure you discuss vitamin K discussions with them and may interfere with the effect of certain medications. So um, it's an interesting vitamin. We have a lot more studies to do, but there's lots of ways of getting vitamin K in my diet. And if you have a good microbiome and good bacteria in your gastrointestinal tract, you will often make it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think this is going to come back to treat your microbiome carefully, which means eat lots of fiber um, for the vitamin C even. Eat the whole orange, eat the whole kiwi, not necessarily a supplement for vitamin K. You know, again, eat foods that are rich in vitamin K, like vegetables that we mentioned and some of the fruits and other animal sources of it. So interesting vitamins, Bill. Yes, Alan, this has been a great discussion on vitamins. Uh, if you like our podcast on evidence-based medicine, uh, please subscribe to us. Uh, please tell your friends about us. And uh, Alan, the next topic I want to talk about since, uh, since the holidays are coming up is uh, what's a cure? Uh, do you have a cure for a hangover? So we'll talk about that on our next podcast. Yeah, Bill, take care of yourself, and your main cure for your hangover is don't drink. But we'll discuss the medical evidence for cures for hangovers and what really a hangover is on our next podcast. And at the beginning of that, we can also talk about what supplements you take, Bill, and what supplements I would take. But take care. It's nice talking to you again today, Bill, and stay safe out there. All right. Thanks. <laughs>